This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by... Come check out the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce live at Free Play Florida. So far, we've got confirmed guests, Billy Mitchell, Walter Day, George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost on Cartoon Network, Keith Apicary, Classic Gaming Wiz, and self-proclaimed Sega CEO, Scott Adams, legendary creator of text-based adventures, and our good friend, Brian Colon, creator of Rampage and Arch Rivals. There will also be over 200 games at this event, including three 10-foot arcade cabinets featuring classic games like Star Wars. There will also be a console museum. Go get tickets at wp.freeplayflorida.com. Friday is going to be 25 bucks. Saturday is 30. Sunday is 25 bucks. Kids are, of course, five dollars. You can get the whole weekend, Johnny, for 60. And also, there's going to be an awesome Saturday night party, which is 15 dollars, but it's going to be from 11:30 to 3 a.m. Full arcade music plus live performances, and it's all at the newly renovated Double, Double Tree Sea World. So you definitely want to go check it out, and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Grove Roots Brewing Company, the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Find them in downtown Winter Haven, Florida. They're also on Facebook.com forward slash Grove Roots Brewing and GroveRoots.com. Welcome to The Year in Gaming, a gaming retrospective. This year... 1991. Hello, Internets. I'm Johnny. Of course, i got my main man, Deuce. What's going on? And of course, as we said, this is our retrospective series. We first did our 1990 episode. We want to thank everyone that listened to that episode, yep. all the feedback we got from it. And of course, this year, 1991, probably the craziest year for gaming. Um, we both have stories from that year. Obviously, there's a lot of companies that got founded in that year that I didn't yeah. know. You find out a lot of the stuff when you go back and research things. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that a lot of these companies that are world household names got started in the year 1991. Mm-hmm. Blizzard, but back then they were called uh, they were called Silicon and Synapse. I didn't, mm-hmm. they later became Blizzard, but like that was the first company, 3DO company, who later on yeah. could do the 3DO. They came out. It's software. Who yeah. we know, you know, from the... Uh, they do the Doom game. Yeah, and of course Bungie came out yeah. back then. So obviously go on to, uh, go on to do the Halo games and, and of course Destiny later on. So it was a lot of companies that kind of got their start in 1991 because you couldn't think of 1991 without thinking about the Super Nintendo Entertainment System here in America. And let's just, for the listeners at home, we were both nine in 91. That's correct, because 92 would have been 10. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so we were both nine yeah, years Deuce old. Deuce knows math. Yes, so exactly. We were, if we were eight and 90, we were exactly. nine and 91. Yeah, so um, we were nine years old. years old. So, yeah. And so, like, I remember Christmas of 1991, I remember getting, obviously this is later on in the year 1991, I got my Super Nintendo. But before we get into the Super Nintendo stuff, let's kind of talk about some of the other games that came out. And I actually want to get your thoughts on this, because there's a, there's a gaming franchise that came out uh, for the Sega Genesis uh, slash Mega Drive because in the UK and overseas in Europe it was called the Mega Drive mm-hmm. because the Sega Genesis I guess there was some sort of copyright issue uh, with uh, Mega Drive they couldn't call it that in the United really? States that's why they call it the Sega Genesis because they originally oh. just wanted to call it the Sega Mega Drive everywhere which is what I thought their system before that was called the Sega Mega Drive that was called the Master System the Master System yeah okay. so that was the Sega Ma- Master System which was everywhere yeah. but in America, they called it the Sega Genesis because they couldn't, for copyright reasons, call it the Mega Drive here, oh. which is something to do with some sort of drive, a computer drive, I think. Well, is. I thought I was going to say it had something to do with a car. Maybe that was why they couldn't. Do <laughs> I it. don't. Like, I think yeah. it was some sort of like drive. Like they called it like in some sort of computer 
they called it the Mega Drive something, yeah. and there was because a copyright that. on that word. But Road Rash came out from a, from EA back then, and those were that was the start of a really fun franchise. So think of how far and how long EA has been in the 91. game. Ninety one, I mean, dude. I didn't. Well, I think that EA was in the game before. For that, probably but in the eighties. Yeah, but, but I mean, that was one of their bigger franchises, it, especially yeah. for the nineties. Road Rash was. A great well, what franchise. is Road Rash? Road Rash basically is a motorcycle game where you're racing your motorcycle. But you're also competing with other motorcyclists, and you're you're punching them and kicking them and hitting them with stuff. Oh, very violent. yeah! It you know, was really. Sticks. I remember like wow, you're like kicking someone off their bike and they flip around. Like yeah. as a kid, you were like, oh my god, this yeah. is crazy! I never seen anything yeah. like this before. So I mean, that was that was really new. And plus, I, I, and I can't say a hundred percent because we'd have to do some more research about EA. But sure. I think up to that point, EA had mostly been sports games. Yeah, so like it was correctly. a departure of what they've yeah, kind of known I for. Think that was kind of, and I could be wrong on this, and if I am, you can tweet us at HH Podcast Show or send us a, uh, an email to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com and say, douche, you're wrong. But I think it might have been one of their first departures when it comes to like a game other than a sports game. I think it might have been one of their first like action adventure games. Well, awesome. So Johnny just did some research on his phone. Yeah, because they was they, one of the first non-sports games to be released. Yeah, because they were developed in 1982. Wow, that's how long they've been around. They, long t- they're as old as we are because we were yeah. both born in 82. Yeah, but they were, it was weird that were called Electronic Arts back then. It wasn't abbreviated to EA until yeah. later on, which, of course, you know, it's it's famous. I don't think it got to EA until, until the Madden, right? Well, I think it was more like mid-2000s when it turned to EA because I remember getting Madden games where it was Electronic Arts and we had hockey games we had a lot of nhl games as a kid where it was nhl and it would say electronic arts and that was back when they did the whole it's in the game it's in the game yep i remember that and i remember the the game it's in the game yeah i remember nba live like how awesome those games were and madden of course you know madden really essentially kind of put ea obviously road rash did uh, according to the notes but like as sports games madden was like the first like multi-million dollar seller i remember just like his name alone but they had to too. They had to bank on it because they were yeah. buying, you know, having a contract with Madden. So yeah, you had to make cheap. No, nope. yeah. and that's why you know you saw Madden games on other systems and whatnot. It wasn't yeah. just exclusive to like a Nintendo or whatever. But I remember Road Rash playing. I wasn't allowed to play Road Rash. It was so violent. Oh really? No, I wasn't allowed to play wow. it. I remember my parents going, "Nope, can't play that one." Uh, but I thought that was interesting to just kind of see where that series started. And of course, you know, I have a. I have a version on the Sega Saturn, which is actually really fun. Yeah. So that game kind of really grew, you know, that series, and it was uh, very, a cult classic, if you will. Yeah, there was a lot. Had there a, was a lot of people I know that like when you think of Road Rash, you don't normally think of like, oh yeah, I love that game. But there's a, definitely a core group of people that was like, oh yeah, Road Rash is one of my favorite games. It really got me into gaming. And I remember actually, um, the internet wasn't as prevalent as it obviously is now, but I remember. AOL got really big in '91. Um, Did it? Yeah, AOL. They they released a uh, game called Neverwinter Nights, which is one of the very first RPGs that had actual like action in it. It wasn't text based. Yeah. So that I remember, I never got to play it, but I had friends. It was always those stories where I had friends that had it. Yeah. But I remember they had the AOL, and I remember it was from um, Stormfront Studios, and I remember uh, it, in conjunction with Stormfront Studios, it was the very first graphical MMORPG and I remember it was something that got bundled in when you when you got an AOL subscription CD mm-hmm. I remember when it was uh what was it you had the the DSL not even DSL but the TSSL modem uh I don't yeah, know the modem yeah, yeah it was the 44.1 KPS yeah. it was it was like you couldn't be on the phone at the same time and mm-hmm. all that but I remember that was one of the things and if you got a call it'd kick you off Oh man, those are the days. Yeah. First world problems. Hashtag yeah. first world problems. But I remember. Uh, did you do you know much about I Never Winter Nights? Did you ever get a chance to play I it never or anything? Played it. Yeah. Like, what was your first internet company? AOL. Because I remember it was funny. We got the AOL disc, and because we were kind of dumb, we we had a modem in our computer because we got a new computer and we hooked the modem up, and then we got AOL. Well, the nearest place you could call, because you had to call different numbers to get in. You did. And it was like yep. a ser- it was like the early server farm, so you had to call a place. Well, the closest place was Tampa, so we were calling Tampa. Well, here's the problem, kids. Back in the day, there was a thing called long-distance calling. Mm-hmm. So, we were getting charged these enormous phone bills because we were dialing Tampa's yeah. You know, because that was the only dial-in place was Tampa. 
So, like, my dad almost called the fraud department. It was like, somebody <laughs> somebody's stolen our phone line. It's using it. And then we finally got to the bottom of it, and they had to pay this huge, exorbitant bill. And they're like, yeah, AOL's done. We're not doing any more AOL until it gets closer. Yeah, I remember AOL always being, you know, you always had those catchphrases like, you've got mail. And, yeah. like, it was always like, welcome, goodbye. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it was a, it was like in, all, in every movie in that year that came out, they yeah. always had, like, someone was connecting to AOL. and. Yeah. There's that sound. We we talk about it a lot. Deuce and I are old now, but like yeah. you, that sound of the, of the startup. Just go online on YouTube right now and listen to dial-up sounds, effects, yeah. or whatever. You'll hear it. Yeah. Like like yeah. it brings you back. It, it really, really does. does. That like, sound. It was it was funny because like you know we did that and we did that for a long time and you know you could get information that way and it was funny because it. At the time, I would get pictures from it, but like of comic book stuff, and I'd print them out and I put them in my bedroom. Like, yeah, it was be- a big deal yeah, back because then. it was like, oh man, like I could get this really cool art of like, yeah. you know, DC characters. Like, Batman but it was back in the day where the up. picture would load line by line. Like it'd be like, dude, dude. Yeah, like dude. if you yeah. got a picture, it might take you ten minutes for the picture to load. Yeah, just our picture to load. Yeah, Think about picture. that. Yeah, it, so. I mean. It's it's insane, and I remember my very first internet uh, was Prodigy, yeah. and I, I remember uh, AOL was what the cool kids had, and I had the Prodigy, yeah. which was cheaper, and it it it, it disconnected so many times. It yeah. was it, oh my god, my dad got so frustrated with it because uh, he used a lot of it for uh, for golf because he was he was big into golf back in the day. Oh really? So he'd always go online and check like oh who's doing in the Masters and who's yeah. doing in Wimbledon not Wimbledon but uh, Pebble Beach and Pebble all that Beach, stuff. So. so he'd be like trying to check check hey what what happened there because if you missed it and you didn't have your VHR or VHS tape recorded or you didn't catch it on the news you had to go out, find a way to f- <coughs> it was interesting to see because they would have extra information yeah, on the internet. ESPN was like in the baby ba- stages yep, exactly. in like the nineties. Like, yeah, it was. Like baby ESPN, yeah. and, and you couldn't get of, it on a lot of yeah, packages like, either. There's a lot of packages that didn't have ESPN back then. So like Sports Center, it was like you didn't always get it. So if you didn't watch it like right live when it was happening, um, you wouldn't know what's going on. Also, uh, in the year 1991, um, Delphine Software releases a game called Another World, uh, which was for the Amiga 500. And the reason why I brought it up because it was the very first game to use polygons instead of sprites. Because for those at home, like sprites is what we kind of know about when we consider 8- or 16-bit games. It it was a hand-drawn, you know, like pixel art, essentially. And polygons were 3D rendered, right? So it was the first time that that the home console, although the Amiga 500 didn't do all that well, it, it, it was the fact that the, you know, it was the first game to have uh, polygons that have sprites. Yeah. So it kind of taken steps into the future. Yeah. But the big release for uh, 1991 was, of course, Street Fighter 2 for the arcades. Dude, I don't know how man. many quarters I dropped in yeah. on Street Fighter. What's your history with Street Fighter 2? Man, I'll tell you what. Now, this is throwing it back in the day-day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Winter Haven had a mall. They did. I remember yeah. the Winter Haven Mall. The Winter Haven Mall yep. is now, for anybody, because we are the number one podcast in Polk County, is where the city center is now, where Lowe's is and Macy's all right. that. That huge area right there where Carabas and Logan's, yep. uh, or not Logan, well, maybe it is Logan's, the steakhouses, yeah. there's a bank there and all that shit. That whole area yep. was a mall, yep. and it was a huge mall, and they had an arcade, because I remember... Um, they had Specs music. They did Specs. And Specs Holy music. Holy crap! Yeah. I haven't thought about yeah. Specs in, in forever. In a hot minute, right? Holy Specs crap. music and and movies, which was they had VHS movies. Oh my god! Was right next door. Like it had this out parcel that hung out they where did. you could walk in, in through this, its yep, door. I remember. And then you went through the double doors. Double doors. And right next to Specs was, was the, the arcade. arcade. I'm, dude, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for this at home. Yeah. Like I haven't thought of Specs music. Like, my grandmother lived in Winter Haven, and yeah. I remember that was a thing that yeah. she would do, is, like, when we go visit Grandma, yeah. we, we would go over to the mall, yeah. and we went through Specs Music all the time. And, yeah. and it, it went, was right next door to Specs Holy music crap, was, I'm getting, yeah. like, back in Goosebumps. time, dude. Yeah, right? yeah, this is crazy. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Uh, for those that do yeah. know Winter Haven back then, you yeah. know Specs Music. So oh my that gosh. was, because that, it, it, funny story, that is not where the arcade originally was. Where the arcade originally was was at the other end of the mall because okay, where Specs was on the other side of the mall 
was where the movie theater used to be. That's right. Yep. And the, it was a two-plex. There was only two screens because back in the day, kids, we didn't have these multiplexes. Nope. You had two screens. When you went out of the movie theater and you went around, and I, it was a big department store that was on the right. You would go through the double doors, and on the left-hand side, there was this big – it looked like a big uh, – think of like a big whiskey or a big beer barrel, like a giant barrel. And you would walk through the barrel, and it would get you into the arcade. And I want to say the arcade was called, like, Barrels of Fun or – Something like that. Some some yeah. hokey shit like yeah. that. But that was the arcade, like, through the 80s. But then the arcade – because that, that arcade was huge. Well, I thought it was, like, shooting barrels or something like that. Yeah. I think yeah, that's what some, it was. Yeah, yeah. some with barrel yeah. in it because you had to yeah. walk through the yeah. barrel. Yeah. But then as, you know, the decade progressed because – that son of a bitch was, was there? huge. Well, yeah, and yeah. that was there for a hot minute. I uh, mean, the, yeah. yeah, but they moved it down they to the did. other end of the mall, and they condensed it. It was right. a little bit smaller, right. but that's that on the other side by uh, Specs Music is where I remember they had uh, Mortal Kombat, or not Mortal Kombat, excuse Street me, Fighter Street Fighter 2, because I remember that like started the fighting game craze, and I remember they even had tournaments there for that, because I remember being there for a tournament, and I was like, I cannot believe there's this many people in here for a video game. It was tournament. insane. Yeah, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, and I could be wrong, guys, because you got to remember we were like nine at the time. So if our memory's a little foggy because you know things we've done through our lives, forgive us. But I remember Capcom sent them some stuff. So it was like if you won the tournament, you got like an official Street did, Fighter yep. Two mm-hmm. shirt, and you got a you Street got, Fighter you got Two a fanny hat. pack. I remember you got, a, you, got, you got a fanny pack. I remember the t-shirt and the hat. I don't remember the You get a fanny pack, pack too. Yeah. Back when fanny packs were like back the, jam. the jam. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Back when not only, you know, 80s wrestlers were keeping their drugs in them. Like, when <laughs> other people were, you know, Well, I would put my them. Game Boy in nine. That's really? how That's how I would do mine. Yeah. Oh. i put See, my Game I Boy would, in there. I would take him whenever we went to the theme park, and I'd keep snacks in it. That, oh, that's a good that. way to like, keep it. Yeah. When I was a kid, like, we'd go to the... And I had one that was multicolored. Like, each side of it was a different color. Yeah, Street Fighter Two was, you know revolutionary and I know I've said that we say, we're going to say that word a lot during these retrospectives because every year there was a groundbreaking game a well, series and that's the thing it's it, considered like the grandfather of fi- the fighting game genre yeah, because, because it really opened there the doors was Street Fighter 1 which to be honest with you I don't think I ever played in the arcade or saw an arcade but when Street Fighter 2 came out we're like what is this and that was the first time I remember putting your quarters on the machine like you would walk up to a machine there's two guys playing you drop you basically you put right up at the top of the screen you put 50 cents up there and it you was drop always 50 it, cents and that yeah. was like you're like I got next yeah and then that's why like the this the the sound effects and the music like is so synonymous for brings us back cuz like you had to sit and wait but yeah. what you're doing when you're sitting waiting, you'd hear all the music and all the sounds and round one fight, you know, and like you'd hear all that. And that and on the machine, it would have written down like yep. everybody's special move. Yep. So like while people are playing, I'm reading the special yep. moves. So you do your homework guys. before you go up yeah, there because you don't want like there. a total noob. No. And I just remember like just I remember the first time going up there and I'd always go with Guile because green is my favorite color. So I'd always go up yeah. there and I'm like, I always get my hand, ass handed to me because I didn't. I didn't realize I was like, okay, Sonic Boom, you had to hold it back, then push forward. It was it was so cool because it was different mechanics for every fighter. You know, even though Ryu and uh, or Ryu at the time called Ryu because we didn't know the Japanese yeah. pronunciations, but Ryu and Ken were very clone-like. Although uh, uh, it was two major differences. Uh, Ryu's uh, Hadouken, as Deuce likes to say, yeah. Hadouken uh, was faster than Ken's, but Ken's Shoryuken was faster. So yeah. there was a little bit of difference there. But it was just so crazy. So Hadouken was faster. Ryu's uh, uh, Ryu's was faster. Ryu's was faster with the Hadouken, but, but his, Ken's Shoryuken was faster. Uh, his his uppercut or whatever was faster. I'm not gonna lie, out of the two moves, I think the uppercut is the one. Oh, it's brutal, man. Because you could, I mean, it was hard faster. to defend. Because I remember, yeah. like, uh, you play against a computer and you try to jump, and every time you jump, Shoryuken. Yeah. But also, remember, it was the first time that you got. Boss fights really in an arcade. Yeah, I remember you like got to that final four, and you're like, "Holy, holy shit!" You got your yeah. butt handed to yeah. you. I'd lose quarters after quarters after quarters. You know, in 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 Street Fighter Two is also the game that made fun of you because like if you'd lose, it'd be like the 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 opponent would make do like a quote yeah. like "You suck," "You're awful," or whatever yeah. it was, or "You should quit playing, go home and rethink your life." And I'm like, yeah. "Damn, you just dropped a truth bomb on me." Well, that, that's the other <laughs> thing too. Like, you've been all bloody and busted up, and your face and black eyes. I remember playing a couple times where I actually because you got to remember we were nine we were we were kids back yeah then, kids 
and put my quarters up and playing. And t- I remember two or three times, like vividly, I can remember exactly what the person looked like playing against them, then whooping my ass and being like, here. And then putting another 50 cents in for me because they just, they beat me so mercilessly. They were like, look, I'm going to give you 50 cents so you can play again against me because I just feel bad that I beat you that bad. And mostly they were, I say adults now, they were probably like early 20s or 18, 19. You know, they, to me, they were adults being, you know, eight or nine. So, you know. Well, it was also, too, is also um, Capcom. It was their foray into fighting, but also cha- not just being a Mega Man company. You know, what I mean, like they were like, "Hey, we're gonna jump away from the two yeah. uh, D side scrolling platformers, and do something different." Yeah, and they 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 had a gamble, but it it sold well. And then it, obviously we get we get the Super Nintendo uh, version later on, which oh my god, my the god, version blew up, insane. So, yeah. I mean, Blockbuster got behind it, like back when Blockbuster was big. And oh, that's but, something you don't hear about anymore. No nope. Blockbuster. But you brought up a good point that I completely forgot about is that the Blockbuster, you but know, doing tournaments and stuff. Tournaments oh my god! Yeah. Like that's where you rented games. That was yeah. the place. Like you always had like our crappy movie gallery, which was yeah. you know over where the old Walmart used to be. Yeah. And no one knows this, but you and I, because yeah, yeah, we've been yeah. living in Polk County yeah, forever. Forever, but yeah, that movie gallery, and they had a lot of games. They did. I remember like the Nintendo area era. It was ridiculous. Like was. how many Nintendo games they had, and then once they got into Super Nintendo. That's when they started fading out a little bit because it was like Super Nintendo and then Sega came out, so they had to split between Sega and and, and uh, Super. It's Nintendo. all about that shelf space, man. Like what's what well, was? Yeah, and that yeah. was the thing. Like the shelf space started uh, falling off, and that's when they actually it was kind of crazy because that was the first time I ever remember like they started selling the old Nintendo games, and you could get yep. them for pretty decent prices. Yep. It's like holy cow, because they just wanted to get them out. They want to get them out of there because they needed mm-hmm. the shelf space. Mm-hmm. But then also that's kind of when they started. Like, almost the next gen after that, I think, is when that particular one phased out video games. Or at least started to until uh, they got bought by Movie Gallery. Right. Because it used to be not Movie Gallery. It was called something else. Like Cinema something. Cinema Max. Cinemax. Cinemax, I think. Cinemax. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do phone a friend on this one. Um, Oh, you know someone that would know? uh, Yeah, I know exactly who would know because I know the people that actually used to own it. But I can tell you right now who's going to do it. So... We're going to do a phone a friend right now. I'm not going to call him live because I don't want to put him on the spot like that. But I'm going to do our good friend Gordo Gringo on Twitter, Corey, because uh, he will know. Cinemasters yeah. or something like that. It was yeah. like Cine something. Cinemaster sounds right. Or Cineplex. Or, um, because it ended up turning into, back when we got into like high school, to Movie Gallery. Movie Gallery, Because Movie yeah. Gallery bought it. But before that, it was like. You're right, because it's actually funny, and I'll tell a little story while we're waiting for this to happen. Uh, the people that own it was, uh, the, the the lady who owned it was, her daughter worked there. But her daughter, later down the line, ran our community group for our church that we go to all the time. Well, because she worked there all the time, you got to remember, they got all the WWF DVDs. Uh-huh. Or not DVDs, excuse DHS. me, VHS tapes. Yep. So every year they would send them a couple signed photographs, and one of them was uh, an original Undertaker. I'm talking the the big black hat, the, yeah. the purple scarf. I'm talking yeah. like first, second year ever in WWF yeah. Undertaker, and their son got the movie Cinemasters. So I was okay. right, Cinemasters. Yeah, Cinemasters, Cinemasters. So. Um, Dang, man. Anyway, long story short, so it was, you were right, it was Cinemasters. Wow, look at my brain. Big, big brain oh, that you sorry, actually sorry. remember that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was But bad. yeah, so anyway. That shows how long we've been in Polk County. Yeah, exactly. I, I've been in Louisiana. Yeah. I was. I, I mean, I, that shows you how long I've been in, because Deuce is obviously from there, but like I've been living in Polk County for a hot minute. I actually remember the name. Like, damn. Yeah, because I mean. It, it, I pretty much might as well say I'm from Polk County. Yeah, now, I mean. Because I've been here so long. Because I mean, you got here when you were, what, like eight? I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so you got here for most of your formative years. Yeah, right here. exactly. Um, but anyway, long story. So that was really funny. We just yeah, live. We, yeah, we keep just, this all in. Yeah, it was really all funny. In, just live, live, uh, the live. Uh, text Our good in. friend Corey uh, at Gordo Gordo Gringo. We're gonna give him a shout out yeah. in this episode uh, and uh, on yeah. Twitter when this episode goes live. But it was just funny to think like back in the day, like when you like how big Blockbuster was. Like yeah. it was the king. Like. But we never ever got one. Um, we never ever got one here. No, uh, a blockbuster. We didn't get a blockbuster to Winter Haven, right? Like, it was God, Winter Haven? It was like twenty. 
Winterhaven got it first, right? Didn't they? Winterhaven not only got it first, they got two. They got two of and them. And then we got one, but it wasn't until like mid-2000s. And it wasn't like... That was right when it started making the turn. Um, and, and it just started pooping out. Yeah. Um, the one I used to work at. Y- yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. you worked more in the Winterhaven. I, 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 worked at, I worked at both the ones at Winterhaven. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, because uh, I worked at the two in Winterhaven. And yeah, it was like then the Haines City one opened up. But that wasn't like till mid two thousand. It wasn't long after that they started folding because yep. like they, it was only like, golly, goodness golly, I want to say it was like maybe five or six years that one was open. Because yeah. literally strip mall, the ones in they built that strip mall just for it, and the strip mall is still there, but it's not there anymore. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Street Fighter Two is just so big. Uh, also, later on in nineteen ninety one was uh, Sega released Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Uh, and look how big that 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 franchise became and i remember he became the mascot like it came from like a little it was like the little engine that could like this little game that we made that we thought was gonna maybe be something and it turns to be the whole mascot i think it wasn't until sonic 2 that it really blew up because i remember sonic Sonic 2 became bundled with uh there was a the the gen 2 sega uh, system um which is the one I had, uh, got bundled with Sonic 2. Now, the original Gen 1, didn't they come with Sonic 1? I don't think it did. I think they put it in later. I think they put it in later. Maybe it was later because, like, I remember... remember It wasn't originally released, yeah. By the way, I shouldn't say kids, but people listening, if you don't know, you should go and look up the pictures of these systems because it's really interesting to see because the Gen 1 one was huge. Yeah. It even had its own little volume button Yeah, it was actually superior sound. Yeah, Yeah, it sounded really great. You could produce it in stereo, not mono. It was awesome. Oh, really? Yeah, it was produced in stereo output. It was really... On the headset. On the headset. It had the little headset But you can output the headset into your stereo system or whatever. Really? Yep, you could actually output it. My dad did that. Really? Yep. And I remember... I remember later on though, like my this is I told the story before on the show, but my cousin was sad he didn't have a system, and I had a Super Nintendo at the time, so I ended up yeah. having to give him my system uh, later it. on. But like I re- I remember that Gen One system, because so, he had it actually hooked into like your stereo system at the house, awesome. so it came through. Awesome. That sounds pretty baller. Like that's he had level. he had especially because uh, you got to remember this is like the '90s when you didn't have surround sound systems. Yeah, but these house, were the, and yeah. these were the speakers that were super tall. Yeah, they're the towers. The towers with the cabinets, like there was like wood cabinets you around. Want to hear some shit? Some real shit? Yeah. Okay. I've got four tower speakers sitting in my attic right now, and I've got two giant subwoofers, and I don't know what to do with them because, like, nobody wants the tower speakers anymore because you can get the same sound out of a box that's, you know, bigger than a natural light can. Right. But it's like I've still got them up in my attic because I just don't know what the hell to do with them. Yeah. I'm like – these are going to be worth something to somebody, but right? I don't know what to do with them. Maybe eBay them or something. Well, so maybe get... that's what it is. Uh, but I remember it was it was awesome because like I, I I was like I was the only one only kid on the block that had a Sega that was hooked up to a sound system because my dad got these speakers from like a outlet store somewhere like I don't know not not Circuit City but it was a it was something like that. Rest in peace, Circuit yeah. City. Uh, but it was like a it was like a, a store that electronic store. Uh, it wasn't like Radio Shack or anything, but I remember yeah. he got them for like they were selling them off like a discounted what, price. The speakers, the speakers, yeah. and I remember my dad was like, "Oh, well, you know, what we could do is we can get an adapter that would convert the the uh, eight inch into a quarter inch, and yeah. then we can plug them in using an RCA cable yeah. on the back." And I was like, "What?" And then back in the day, you had the speaker wire that yeah. you had to hook to it as well. Oh, trust so it was me, different, yeah. So it wasn't easy. Shit. Yeah, running speaker wire to this day because here's the thing. What are we? 2016. You still got to run speaker wire. Yeah. What like, the heck? I, have we not gotten past running speaker wire? It's insane. But I remember uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I ne- I I remember a friend of mine had. It was like I had the NES, and then I had. It was a big deal because you know that was a you know the Sega Genesis uh, was 16 bit, and I I remember like Sega was really big in you know hey this is this is this is killing Nintendo like Nintendo can't do this they even made. Uh, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Remember those ads? Like, what's that? Sega does what Nintendo don't. Like, they I've were never heard that. You ever heard that before? No. Yeah, like Sega was really big into the marketing campaign at this time because they were like, oh, well, we got this awesome fast mascot. Yeah. You know, look at us. You know, blast processing and oh yeah, yeah, and all what this. What was bla- blast processing? Nothing. It was just a fake marketing term. Yeah. This is say that we had something yours couldn't do. It, it was a. It didn't mean anything, but it sounded good. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, in 1991, uh, Final Fantasy IV released in Japan, which later became known as Final Fantasy II in North which you're America. A big fan of, big fan you're of a big that fan game. Of all the yep. Final Fantasy. But games. the biggest thing 
was bundled in Super Mario World with the original wow. Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, came out in August, actually, uh, in the United States. And, of course, in, in 1990 in Japan. But 1991, that was the year the Super Nintendo was released. And that, that game is just... That that that, that that system is arguably one of the best systems ever released. I still think it's just incredible. Um, yeah, no, it's still incredible. And I remember the Super Mario World. I remember it was Christmas in 1991, and I've told the story before, but for those that haven't heard it, I remember getting it for Christmas in 1991, and I still have my original Super Nintendo. It's got the yellow on the bottom. Uh, as our good friend Megabuck said uh, you know, from Retro Game Treasure, yeah. he's like, it all really depends on what part you know, of the world that your system got made. Yeah. That yeah. And that blew my mind. I was like, yeah, yeah. The plastic that was in it. But I saw my original Super Mario world that I got from day one, which is really weird to think about it. You know, like that. I still have it. My controllers went to shit, but the system still works. Knock on wood. And uh, my system still works. And I remember just getting like maybe an hour with Super Mario world and just being blown away by how colorful and bright and how amazing it looked. And then I had to go over to my uncle's house and we had to have like dinner and stuff. And I, the whole time I was over there, I was like, I just want to play. I just want to go back and play my, my Super Nintendo. And, and my dad's like, no, no, you got You got to wait. He's like, no, you got to, you know, you yep. got to, you got to finish your meal. Yeah. You know. Oh my God. It's always like what you said earlier about finishing your food. It was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I like this scarfed it down. Um, and it also was the launch the launch title uh, F Zero came out the same year, which that game I didn't get to play. Uh, oh, the F Zero. Yeah. See, it was funny because I sent you these today and I read them. And the thing that surprised me is I didn't know the F Zero came out the same year as the system launch. Yeah. For some reason, in my mind, I thought it came out a couple years later. But you also got to remember. Like you said in the, the 1990 retrospective, which if you guys haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to it. It was a great episode. Um, is that, you know, we were kind of behind the curve because we're getting a lot of things through Nintendo Power. And if a game released, it might take six months. Yeah, well, especially because of localization or, and yeah. stuff, yeah. So because it released, we didn't know about it. And Plus, I was pretty early to the Super Nintendo game. Like... As soon as I found out it released, it took me about six months to earn the money to get right. it. So I yeah. got it the launch year. Yeah. Um, and it, that's why I said it came with the awesome uh, Super Mario World, which was great. Oh, my God. But that's the thing. Like, systems now don't understand the whole package of game with the system. They don't do that anymore. No. Yeah. Because that was the thing all the way up until, I think, goodness gracious, uh, maybe PlayStation 1? Was the first system I remember being released without a game package with it? Well, I think it, it was before that because uh, Mar Super Mario 64 wasn't bundled with the 64. You had to buy it separately. You sure about mm -hmm. that? Oh wow! Yep. Because I remember my parents they were they were scared they were afraid because they had bought the system and they couldn't find Super Mario 64. Yeah. They're like, oh my god, I'm gonna get our son. You know, uh, 64, but no game no to game. play. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't bundled in with it. You had to buy wow. it separately. So, well, maybe it's because I'm thinking later. I think they later did later. In the life they did. Cycle, they they did, did, but maybe right out the gate they didn't. Yeah. But especially Nintendo. Nintendo and Sega were the ones that was like, you bought a system, you got a game. You got a game with it. No, it yeah. Yeah. They did the Sonic, Super two, Nintendo, yeah, yeah, Sega, yep. Sega Genesis, yep. all the way. I think until like you said, 64. And then when a Sega got out of the the yeah, the, market. and then the only time you ever got like a, a bundle now is if it's later in the life cycle or yeah. if they're trying to do a holiday bundle or something yeah. like that. Well, That's the only time bundles have become like tradition now. Like yeah. all the new systems do that. But kids, back in the day, it used to be standard with your system. You got at least one game with it. Yep. So in um, two controllers, right? You usually got two controllers, didn't you? Memory serves. Uh, with my Super Nintendo, I did because I remember so I. I got it. I got Super Mario World, and I got two controllers because I remember Yeah, you got two controllers back in the day. Now, you'll love this. Um, so, The Simpsons, you got to remember, early 90s, were, like, bigger in life. They were. Simpsons yep. was huge. Mm -hmm. I had a Bart Simpson Butterfinger, uh, like, piggy bank thing, and uh -huh. it was, like, yay big. About, uh, I don't know how big you'd say that was, but right about Bowling yay. ball? Maybe a little smaller than a bowling ball? A little bit smaller than a bowling ball. Um, but it was a box, and it had yeah. a little lid that you could open. Because I remember I got it for Christmas, and it was full like the like baby sized Butterfingers, yeah. and you could lift the lid up, and it was made of metal. Um, so I kept all my money in there. Sure, and I was hiding it like I yeah. was a gangster. I'm like, yeah. ah, I know my mom. Yeah. All my money. <laughs> so we went to Walmart, 
and we bought it. And I remember the lady had to get a ladder to get on top on the top <laughs> shelf and get because it came in a big ass box. It did. And get it down, and then I had to pull out all my money and I had to open the top of it and count it out. And some of it, of course, was in change. Yeah. So like we were there for a hot minute. Oh my god, Matt's doing that now. Like oh, oh they goodness. tell you to just eat it. Yeah. But uh, I remember it was a nice old la- or not older lady, but old ish African American lady. Um, and she was super nice and counted out. It was me and my mom, and she—I can't remember what she said, but she said something like, "How did you get all this money?" And I was like, "Well, I've been mowing grass and been doing all this." She's like, "You got all this yourself by yourself?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Good for you." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, cool, nice." Um, and you know, and I got my system. I took it home, and I remember because as soon as I got it home. I was plugging things in. I yeah. thought I was like the Zen master. Well, back then you didn't come with uh, um, um, RCA cables. It came with an RF adapter. That you had to plug it through your cable. They you did. did. You didn't you ha- did. remember. You didn't kids nowadays, I have no yeah, idea what yeah. that is. Yeah. But you had to have. You had to plug. It was like a little converter box that you would plug. You you would cut. Uh, hook your cable up to, and then another you sure cable. Sure, the Super Nintendo didn't come with three prong. I'm 100. percent I I'm both. Not until way later, okay. the first launch year, and you got the launch system came with the RF. Because yeah. I even know that my my Super Nintendo that I have now, yeah, I uh, that's hooked to RCA. I I bought those cables later. Those aren't what system yeah, with the, the system. The I had an RF cable. first. Yeah. yeah, the original launch huh. had an RF. So that was a uh, essentially it would. You would put it on channel three. No one yeah, knows. Yeah. No one knows a struggle. Yeah. Or three or four. Three or you four, actually yeah. switched it on the back of the Super Nintendo. At yeah. Three or four. But like, and it didn't. And, and now it, that you mentioned, I think so. Yeah. Because I plugged it in, but I also remember I got it home. I plugged it in. I said, "Mom, will you play with me?" Because when I, fir- I now I'm talking when I was little, little. I'm talking like four or five because I remember peeing in my 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 <laughs> freaking BVD white underwear, uh, like just underwear, underwear. And getting my original Nintendo and being so excited. And me and my mom went in my bedroom and we hooked it up. And me and her played Mario Brothers together. So I said, Mom, will you play Mario Brothers with me? She's like, sure. Um, and we went and we played Super Mario Brothers. She's like, oh my god, this is this is amazing. Like, it blew her mind how good the Super Nintendo was. And fast forward that story a little bit more. We had a, a great sponsor on our show, the 8-Bit Artist, who sent mm-hmm. us a lot of great work. We hung up the Evolution of Mario painting in my house, the little print. And when I hung it up, uh, my mom goes, I love that Mario. He's so cute. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> as we're hanging it up, and I remember that, you know, I played Mario one with her, and then we played Super Mario World That's together, awesome. which is really, really cool. That's cool. So, cool memories attached to that. Yeah, because it was so much fun, and Yoshi blew her mind. She was like, what? You get a dinosaur, and he eats things? This yeah. is amazing. It was a great game. It, it really was. Top to bottom, I think it's the best Mario game they ever made. It's definitely one of the best. Uh, it was. It holds up really well today, and it's just, you know, so much fun to play. I we can't talk enough. I mean, we've talked about Super Mario World in the past. Yeah. Uh, it's just a great, great game. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Retro Game Treasure. Retro Game Treasure is an amazing monthly subscription service. They send you custom tailored boxes straight to your door from the video games that you love. You go on there, you have a wish list, you have your console of choice. They'll send you games from an assortment of consoles like NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy Color, Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and many more. Now announcing they are delivering straight to you Nintendo DS games and PSP games. What do the listeners of the Happy Hour get, Deuce? Put in Happy Hour in the promo box and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go to RetroGameTreasure.com. Pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Also, it was interesting too because when you, the only way you really knew about the Super Famicom was if you were reading Nintendo Power and all that because they'd have like little news expert yeah. uh, excerpts uh, about the Famicom, Super Famicom, and yeah. you saw a little game called Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past because it didn't come in the United States till ne- the following year. So it was like I remember being teased. I was like, "What is this? This looks incredible!" Because yeah. uh, the original, I couldn't play the original Zelda, the Legend of Zelda. It was so hard, and it's even hard by today's standards. I replayed it yeah. recently. And 
I don't even know how. I mean, because you kind of you kind of forget that there wasn't like automatic save states back then. Yeah. Like if you didn't get to a certain point, you had to restart from the very beginning yeah, when you died. Yeah. yeah. So that was interesting. Uh, also, this was the year of that like DOS and uh, Macintosh computers, and yeah. like y- you played uh, Microsoft Windows was really kind of uh, opening up. Yeah. So like really yeah, so it was like old. you played things in DOS mode. Remember, like it was weird. Like you had to go in and like open up special windows. Yep, you'd boot up in DOS. It's so strange. Yeah. Like to think about DOS now. Yeah. Like you know, uh, that's why like a lot of a lot of your computer games don't work anymore. Because your computer doesn't recognize recognize the DOS mode, and like that's the reason why I think, and it, like you guys know, I've said it before on the podcast before we started doing the special series. I don't have a computer right now, um, it, but a lot of people that do have computers that can play a lot of games, like these Steam games, they're having to kind of retrofit games to make them work. Like somebody was telling me the other day, it was one of my favorite games as a kid, was the uh, Blade Runner game. The Westwood Studios made for the PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and the short version, long stories, when I originally bought it, it didn't work for crap on my because I didn't have a fast enough video card. A long story short, later down the line, I, I bought it on a newer computer and it did work. But like a game like that wouldn't work on a computer now. Through Steam and everything else, they kind well, of well. There's a website a to, called uh, GoodOldGamesGOG.com, and they're and it, they're they're essentially rebranding, repackaging old games that were on like DOS yeah. and they're putting them out for sale like the like, legally. Legally, yeah. yeah. Like they had, you know, obviously licensing agreements and stuff, yeah. but they like like you can go back and play like the original Monkey Island like original way it was yeah. intended and, and you can play like the X-Wing versus Tie Fighter games which really? are not and technically you go to good old games. Yeah, yeah. com is good old games uh and they're like taking all these old MS-DOS games and, and like just kind of retrofitting them so yeah, they work on Yeah, you can play. System. Yeah, which is cool. So you can go back and kind of yeah. blast from the past. Cuz yo those were both very, very good games. Yeah, and like Monkey, another game that came out, LucasArts released uh, Monkey Island 2. Which I never played. I never got to play Monkey Island. I got to play the original. Like, that was yeah. awesome, but I never got to play 2. Uh, and that got released for the win- for for uh, Microsoft Windows, Amiga, DOS, Mac- Macintosh, and Amiga OS as well. So, like, that got released everywhere back when they were like, computers, let's just put it everywhere. Uh, and... Uh, those are there's all there's point and click uh, action adventure games which you don't really see anymore. But yeah. like those are the back of the day. Rest in peace, LucasArts. Like that's so sad to think LucasArts is no longer a business anymore. Like it's all the all the Lucas games are you know Disney owns it, so they they sub yeah. sub it out to different companies. Of course, EA is essentially has all the big Star Wars games now. But like it's crazy to think like how awesome LucasArts was back in the day. Like, yeah. all the X-Men vs. TIE Fighter games. They had some awesome Indiana Jones games. I yeah. mean, Full Throttle. Like, all these awesome games they would yeah. release. Uh, and a lot of the Tim Schafer games are released uh, under EA because uh, he was one of the original producers oh, yeah. uh, uh, over at um, LucasArts. So, that was... Which I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited to see what he puts out next. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be, but he was... They call them Scrum games, if you don't know yep. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the old Scrum system. Yeah. And all those games were great. Awesome games. Um, also... Um, later on in the life cycle, uh, Tecmo Bowl uh, came out for Which the NES. Sitting right now yep. in your uh, nest. Yep. So. so like that was a huge game, and and it was so different at the time because yeah. like I remember like what you have all these plays you can yeah. go through and like running and act. I mean it was awesome yeah, compared dude. to what you were used to in '91. Yeah, game wise is because I don't think had Madden hit the scene. Uh-uh. Madden doesn't come out to '93, so. So it wasn't. So, yeah, it was so it was before. Yeah, but it was weird because it, and, right, and, and later on you look at it, it was it was side scroll. It was like like a horizontal view. Yeah. So it was a lot different, you know, than the, the, the than the vertical view you get later to, on. Yeah. yeah. But I remember it was so awesome. Like I remember going, "Oh my god!" They had the actual players and like in the. It was Bo Jackson. Was yeah, it Bo was, Jackson's a guy that you cannot stop. Yeah. The game. Like, oh my gosh. You get the ball to he Bo runs. Jackson, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah, but that that game was so much fun, and I remember I have it, you know, replaying it again. It's it still holds up. It's awesome, and I know there's people out there that uh, that do like these uh, cart uh, re, 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 remanufactured carts, reproduction carts, and they put the updated rosters on them and stuff oh, like that. Like, uh, did you hear about that? No. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll take like the original code or whatever their emulator, the ROM, okay. and they'll put it into they'll retrofit it into an original like Nintendo cart, but they'll update the roster. So you get the updated teams and all that, but it, it has the updated roster. Like it'll have like Cam Newton in there okay. and stuff. So let's, let, let's, and we're going to leave the name out of it. A while back I'd found a website and I was like, Hey, check this website out. They've got these Reperos. video games. Yeah. Re- yeah. What was the name of the place? 
re, repro. Well, well it's, they're called repros. repros. Re, reproductions. Reproductions. Yeah. yeah. And they had reproduction games. It was like, wow, I can get a cart with uh, the Turtles of Time game. Right. It, and it's a lot less than I can get on eBay. Right. But you guys were like, look, they're basically putting a chip inside of an old school cart mm-hmm. that you can plug in and play it. Yeah. Is that kind of the same thing? Yeah, exactly the same thing. Okay. And so what they would do is they would you, you could they would they would uh, release a roster update so you could have like so you could be playing the retro game but you can be you can be playing as Cam Newton or Drew Brees or, or Tom Brady. That's kind of cool. It's well, kind of cool, but it's, cool it's not if that the legal. price point is yeah. is decent. And it's because, not quite yeah. legal either. So well, I'm sure it's super not legal. But it's still kind of yeah. neat that people were that hardcore in the tech mobile still yeah. that they would do that. Like and well, they'd have tournaments. Like yeah. I'd be like, dang. Well, that's that was cool. kind of like the the one website, and we'll leave the name out so yeah. we don't get in trouble. That I showed you because they had like it was like Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighter and Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time, and the cart was like fifty bucks. I'm like, dude, Turtles in Time by itself is like a sixty five seventy dollar mm-hmm. game, and that's yep. on the low end. Right. I mean, I've seen it way higher than yeah. that. But it's like they're giving you that, and they're giving you Tournament Fighters on one cart right. that will fit in an original Nintendo and play. That's really cool. But I had a feeling that that had to be on the like. The shady, shady in the shady McGrady Lane with so, the real yeah. shady stand up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was interesting. Also, um, that year was we know now, you know, know now, but back then he was it was kind of new. Sid Mears, remember they had a Civilization came out mm. back then, and that that became a very there's we're up to Civ five now, Civilization five now, or five or six. I mean, yeah, it's been but like minute. that those were those were great because they were the they were kind of like the original precursor to like a command and conquer if you look at it that way because you actually were, in retrospect you're right they yeah. really were yep. so yeah you had that rts style and you're you know going against different troops and creating your worlds and growing and getting crops and and creating and it was really like i never a got the very early version of settlers of Catan, if you yeah. will i never got to play it uh that version but i remember civilization 2 i remember playing and i was like wow this is awesome did you play it on pc or pc it was a um it was a um like ibm app IBM, no mine, IBM Aptiva in Windows 1995. I remember I got to play it. Um, it wasn't my own copy. I got, I got a version. Huh. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, not in the most legal manners, but I remember uh, back then you could burn copies of games and there wasn't any really? production or, or any sort of you know copyright. Wow. Yeah. Windows 95, 1995. It was a IBM Aptiva. I remember it was the name of it, and it came bundled with a bunch of demos. I remember oh, really? it was like a whole, like a binder. They give you a binder of demos, like the Encyclopedia Britannica version, well, like I on. Remember, like it was a encyclopedia. Say it. I encyclopedia it. Britannica. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> like they gave you that, and they gave you like three or four other demos when you got a new computer. Because I think we got one. Right around then, because I want to say it was right around. I know it was when X Wing came out. Yeah. So, so yeah, and like a lot of the Sierra games were were really hot then too. Yeah. And I remember just being like, "Oh my god!" Uh, and they that had and LucasArts, LucasArts games blown up. Not huge. just X Wing versus Tie yeah. Fighter, but like the Indiana Jones. And yeah, all that. it was so huge. I'm sure we'll get to that once we get to the '95. Exactly. The retrospective. Um, also, later on that year, um, the Mega CD which we later on known as the Sega CD, uh, got released in Japan um, back in uh, December 1st. And that blew my mind when I read that. I'm like, God, 1991 is Mm -hmm. when Japan got the Sega CD? Like, we didn't get that for a hot minute over here in the United States. I want to say it might be three or four. Yeah, three or four or something like that. It it was a while before we got it here. And I'm just like, wow, Japan was already playing around with CD-based games. Games, Because, I mean, even audio CDs weren't even really all that prevalent yet, but they were deciding... Like, hey, we're we're gonna make a game off of a CD-ROM. Like, yeah. that's well, I think they probably did it because of the storage space. Because the true, the, you yeah, know, the CDs had so much more room than carts did. Um, but it was also the year that you know Windows and Macintosh, and Apple Macintosh, yeah. they were kind of really getting their foot in the door, cutting their teeth, if you will. Yeah, because it was back when like CD-ROMs, like like that when you remember. Apple owned the industry at the time because remember when you go to school and like you'd have all the Macintosh computers. Yeah. I remember just as a kid, like when you went to the library, it was yeah. Macintosh oh, computers. Yeah, it was all yeah. Apples. And it wasn't until and I think that might have been part of the deal. It's like, hey, school board, if you buy our mm-hmm. computers, we'll yep. give you a 30, 40 percent discount. Exactly. Just because then they can move more units. Mm-hmm. And plus, if the kids play that at school, what are they telling mom? They're telling their mom and dad, yeah. It, Exactly. So, like, PC so. gaming was really interesting because it went through a, went through a, a big revival 
you know, in the mid nineties, you know, 90, when Windows ninety five, I think oh, was yeah. Windows ninety five was the first affordable, real affordable home PC, computer because yeah. the Macintosh was expensive yeah. um, back in the day, and I didn't. I knew some friends that had the Commodore sixty four and you know different versions and all that and Amigas and stuff like that, but I I remember like uh, Windows three point one was still kind of janky, like. Yeah. It was okay, but it wasn't the best. But it wasn't until Windows ninety five that came out that really, which we'll get into in ninety five when you know when that came out that you know really changed PC gaming and you were able to play Doom and you know yeah. and all these online games. Oh yeah, oh, it was insane. And you had a modem that actually exactly that was consistent. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that that was essentially nineteen ninety one, um, the year in gaming nineteen ninety one, and I I think the biggest standout for me is two things. The Super Mario World and Street Fighter Two. I think those yeah. two things, if you had to break it down, are the two most influential games, and yeah. both were, you know, on the Super Nintendo. You know, yeah. um, obviously Street Fighter Two was in arcades first, but like that, that was really like just uh, what it did for the industry is just uh, amazing. Like you, you see where Super Mario World went, and like how it changed the franchise and action, what you could do with platformers and and just the. At the time, we didn't know, but the the Sony made the sound chip for the Super Nintendo, so yeah. like the sound quality was unbelievable. Yeah. Because if you didn't get the Gen One of the Sega Genesis, you you weren't playing games in stereo; you were playing in the mono. So Super really? Nintendo okay. played. It was one of the first really uh, widely accepted systems that was that actually had a stereo channel. You know, so like it's it's That's interesting wild. to kind of see you know how how that went. That's also actually very interesting, just because of uh, me personally. I've got a Gen Two. Uh, Sega Genesis, and I've got the third 2X, and I've got the Sega CD, so you're telling me everything coming out of that system is in mono. It's not an instant. Well, no, I, I don't know if this... If the, I know Gen 3 was mono. I don't know if, if the Sega Genesis Gen 2 is mono. I know the Gen 3 was. Oh. So, you might want to check and see if... It's very interesting. That'd be a good question for us to ask our listeners, yep. uh, and they can send us our, their email at hhpodcastshow at gmail.com, but to find out what if it's in stereo mono yep. and that's a good question to ask mike mike too mm-hmm. is like hey because i've got the one that sits next to it. like you've got the same yeah it's here, a side by side one not yeah. the top because the gen one was the one where it was the top one well, underneath it yeah so which it, it was actually they said it was a lot cheaper once they did side by side because the one that was underneath it it actually had to make the tray they did and yeah mm-hmm. and the second one you just hit a button but opened it, it up it yeah like the old school like walk yeah. like sony walkman yeah um, it was cd players and they said yeah way, way cheaper, cheaper yeah the parts they, they make got the, mm-hmm. they got the motor out of there exactly so um but yeah so let us know what you think uh of the year 1991 and what do you think of the retrospective series uh it's just a, an awesome discussion we're gonna have friends on us uh, on with yeah, us in the future gonna, we've done the so, first two just us yeah two just by ourselves, old school happy gonna, hour yeah. and then we're gonna bring friends on with the next iterations our friend nate and brandy will be on and marcus and, and also Mike something and, we'd like to hear from you guys fans uh, you can hit us up on twitter at hh podcast show and hh podcast show at gmail.com what years are you looking forward to, and what years would you like us to do? Is there yep. a special year? Like, hey, I'd like to hear what happened. And if you have questions, that year. like yeah. you know, like hey, you know, you know, ninety three is coming up, ninety four, ninety five. You yeah. know, like get questions ready for us yeah. and send it to us early. Yeah. Hhpodcastshow at gmail dot com, and uh, they can find us on Twitter at uh, hhpodcastshow, and then of course Facebook dot com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast Show. And Deuce, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play Music. Please, if you like what you heard, give us a review, like us, favorite it, share us, yeah. all that good stuff. And uh, when you're talking about the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, there's not one, not two, but three hashtags you want to put yep. in your social media of choice. Hashtag happy, happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and hashtag Deuce is on the loose. Later. See you.